Henry, you don't like doing that, do you? I'm sorry we imposed on you to leave music. No, that's great. You know, Henry, uh, it's always amazing. I'm going to actually talk about music in a minute, but I know nothing about it. And uh, which preachers do a lot. They talk about things they don't know anything about. But I just noticed, you know, musicians, your church musicians, they got these little motions where they can just kind of, I thought, I thought you were calling for third down. We were supposed to sing the third verse. Yeah, just so subtle. Yeah. All right, so um, preaching, there are times when you reveal things about yourself in preaching, you're just not sure whether or not to say. But I do like music. I have always liked music. I cannot play an instrument. I cannot read a note. But I really enjoy uh, certain things about music. And, and one of the types of music that I like is called Americana. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Americana, but it's, it's kind of a blend of folk, country, might have blues, might have some zydeco in it. I mean, it's just, it's just American music that doesn't really fit into many commercial uh, formats. So in Americana, there is an artist named Iris Dement, and uh, she has sung with people like Emmylou Harris and John Prine, if you're familiar with them. And she has got a song, and the chorus says, God may forgive you, but I don't. Jesus may love you, but I won't. And I won't even try. Now, I was looking for some uh, feedback on this on the internet, and I one person even described it as a song for Satan. And I thought, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it is actually shocking, yes, but I think it's actually brilliantly honest and candid about the way some of us uh, feel about our following Jesus Christ. We are called upon to do a lot of things. And typically, when we don't do the things that we know are written in Scripture, we'll find a way to justify it. Well, I know we're supposed to forgive, but you have no idea how badly that person hurt me. You don't have any idea how what that person said about me, that can never be forgiven. Well, I mean, all we're doing is justifying. And in the song, Iris DeMint's just being a little bit more honest about it. God may love you, but I don't. Jesus may forgive you, but I won't even try. And I think it is a revelation of just how far we are sometimes from being transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Here's a raw candor there that I think might help many of our prayer lives. And it actually, to me, in her words, I hear echoes of Paul's 13th chapter to the, uh, in the first letter to the Corinthians. And we, you know, this is so pretty. And I use this, I'm requested to use this passage 
in weddings more than any other passage. And oh, the prose is just, oh, it's just almost poetic. Well, what makes the prose beautiful is not only Paul's skill at writing, but it is, it is the truth, it is the truth, the deep truth of something that he is expressing with this beautiful language. Think what he says. I'm just going to skip down uh, a verse. And he says, if I have faith to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And if you think about it, so, okay, that means it's possible to have a loveless faith. Now, Christmas time, we get Christmas cards that say faith, hope, love, peace, and all these things, and we think that they all go together as a package. And how is it possible to have faith in God and not get love? But Paul says right here, if I have the faith, if I have the faith to change things, I've got the faith when somebody is sick and I believe and there's a miracle and they're healed, if there is a mountain before me and Jesus said, if you've got the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you can say, get up and be moved to the sea. I've got that kind of faith. That's a lot of faith. But if I have not love. Paul's admitting the possibility of having this great kind of faith. No love attached. And sacrifice. You know, he says, if I give everything I own to the poor, that's a sacrifice. If I give my body to, and, and it's, uh, the translations vary a little bit here, but the idea is if I give myself to be burned at the stake for the sake of the gospel, I'm sacrificing my life but I only do it to boast. I don't have any love in it. It is a selfish sacrifice. And when I do these things, when I do these things, it's like the little symbols. We could have brought the big ones. Or it's like, you know, in one generation, it was fingernails on a chalkboard. It reminds me of uh, brakes that squeal. You know, just, just drive me nuts. This, it is a noise that grates on the soul when we have a loveless faith or when we offer selfish sacrifice. And the, the part about tongues, I'm not going to get into the debate about Pentecostal worship, but tongue speaking is a part of Pentecostal worship. And in Corinth, it was an issue, and that's really what has led Paul to talk about this. And so he's saying, you know, if I'm doing the thing in worship that just makes me feel the most carried away, and I don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. You ever just being caught up in the rapture of worship? And I know for some of us it's been a while, but we all can remember a time when it just really moved our spirit. Ooh, just, mm, spirit was here, but no love. It's just like crashing cymbals, like breaking glass. So the 
The beauty of the prose is only the beauty of the prose because Paul is talking about something that is so true. It is possible to go through the motions of the Christian life in many different expressions and to do it without a lick of love, without an ounce of love. We sang, Love Lifted Me. Clarence Jordan, I don't know how many are you familiar. Um, He's famous for the Cotton Patch translation. Uh, Several years ago, it was very popular to read the southern idiom of the New Testament. And uh, Clarence was raised in Americus and uh, lived in, uh, was that Sumter County? It's Sumter County down there. And uh, out his parents' back door, you could hear across the fields the sounds of the county penal farm. And as a teenager, Clarence said he'd go out there on a Friday night, and he described, he said, I could hear old Bill. I could hear old Bill being hung by his wrist to where his toes could barely touch the ground and cry out for mercy, being lifted off the ground in punishment. And then on Sunday night at the hymn sing, I'd see the warden singing, Love Lifted Me. I thought about him lifting old Bill off the ground. He said, it tore my heart out. I didn't know if I wanted to follow Jesus Christ or not. I understand understand incarceration. I have uh, visited people in a fair number of uh, prisons and camps, jails, understand incarceration. But there is also such a thing as separating our faith from our daily life in a way that reflects nothing of Jesus Christ. When it comes to things in church, sometimes I, I read where somebody said, stained glass cuts the deepest. Ouch, that hurts. So, I don't think Iris DeMint's got a Satan song. I think she's just being really candid. Jesus may love you, but I don't. God may forgive you, but I won't. And so I think the problem for us in many cases is that we really don't understand Christian love. Uh, We think that when we say God loves us, that God looks on us much like a an animal lover looks on a, a a puppy in a pet store window. Oh, isn't that so cute? Just so adorable. Oh, just so lovable. No. God loves us in spite of who we are. While we were yet sinners, God sent his son to die for the ungodly. The message of the New Testament is not that we are lovable and better than all other people, but it's in spite of who we are, God extends love to us still. And the crowning characteristic of the love of God is a choice. Not emotion, not feeling, not chemistry, not how uh, good and kind and sad-eyed somebody looks, how appreciative they may be. 
we don't, we don't, we're not always guaranteed that people will love us back. We're not always guaranteed that people will appreciate it. I mean, if we're candid, do we always appreciate God's love towards us? I know I don't live like it sometimes. No, God loves us because God made the choice. I will love them. All people. And God is always extending love toward us in Jesus Christ. And if we are to love others, whether it is to love our enemy, whether it is to love our neighbor as ourself, whether it is to love the one who has offended us seven times 70, what we do is make a choice. And the choice is to treat them like we treat people that we would most commonly say we love. The people that we like. Yeah, there's a country song, maybe more appropriate, it says, I don't like half the people I love. And if you think about that, well, okay. But we treat everybody as if we like them. Which means things like, I am patient, I am kind. I'm not envious or boastful, I'm not arrogant towards them or rude. I'm not insisting on my own way, I'm not irritable or resentful. I don't rejoice in their wrongdoing, and I, but I do rejoice in the truth. And whether they deserve it or not, I bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. This is the way the love of God comes to us. And if we are truly loving others, it's not a feeling, it's a choice. And I'll just tell you, it's hard. I, there's a verse in Luke. Sometimes I wish I'd never heard this verse. Do you ever read verses like that where you think, oh my, I've read it, I've got to live by it. If you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is, is it to you? Even sinners do the same. Jesus is saying it's not even beginning to be Christian love until you love somebody who doesn't care or somebody who's not going to return the favor. And the only way we can do that is to make a choice. And the choice is not love is a great strategy, and it's not love is everybody really bless me if I love everybody. It is what reflects the character of God in Jesus Christ, because I am called to be like that. A loveless faith. Selfish sacrifice. They do not save. And really they do not satisfy the soul. Because they're never enough. So this day, we choose. We choose to become more like Jesus Christ. And to treat all people. Anybody we are commanded to love, and I don't know anybody that falls outside that command, we treat them like the people we like best.
And then we can honestly say, we love everybody. Let's pray. Oh God, I thank you for your great love poured out toward us, for each of us, when we were unlovable, when we were sinners, when we didn't even know that we needed your forgiveness. And we pray now that you would always help us to make the choice to treat other people in the right way, to treat people in a way that is for their good, that we might say we are followers of your Son, the Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.